sorry for the audio difficulties, everybody. We certainly apologize for that. At least we're getting you something tonight. And I do want to uh, send a shout out to Rob, our uh, mutual friend and producer and our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, uh, for their best due diligence on this. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen tonight. But I got the dizzle with me, Dave Gozak. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Excellent. It's good to hear. Um, we are doing the high-stakes fantasy football hour Sands guest. We will be res- uh, rescheduling our pros versus Joe's drafter, Scott Kobe, uh, for a different uh, week. So I apologize we couldn't get him on, but we will get him on shortly. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss what your expectations should be concerning Debo Samuel's return, how Sean McCoy is going to affect the Bucks' backfield, and we're going to talk much, much more about everything else that has been going on in the NFL over the last uh, week. Uh, you can uh, actually connect with us on HSF. At Eric Balkman, at David Gozak, uh, Zach, excuse me, Facebook.com slash HSFFL. 347-426-3682 is the normal number. Don't call us because we're not doing the show live on BTR tonight. High Stakes Fantasy Football at gmail.com is where you can reach us as well. All right, I want to remind everybody you can save $400 on your additional teams in the FFPC main event right now. Early draft slot announcement coming out sometime this Sunday. Main event slow drafts are going on right now. Uh, 2020 Football Guys players championship that features a $500,000 grand prize and a $3.1 million prize pool. The Terminator tournament actually starts on Sunday. So if you want to get in on that, take a shot at a $25,000 grand prize, please do. uh, Best Ball Slims, Best Ball Classics, other best balls all available, as well as Dynasty Startups at MyFFPC.com. Thanks to Football Guys, Roller World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. All right, let's kick things off with Adam Schefter's tweet. The Bucks have signed LaShawn McCoy, who used to be with the Chiefs last year. It is a one-year, one million dollar contract. LaShawn McCoy had some interest from a few teams, but uh, he had to wait until camp to sign almost a veteran minimum contract. Last year, LaShawn McCoy did not look like the LaShawn McCoy we were accustomed to seeing over the past few years, and it isn't going to be a huge difference maker in Tampa. But what he is going to do is be a huge pain in the butt for those Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn owners. Now, both players have been targeted in the 6th and 7th rounds so far this year in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event. And obviously, if you bring McCoy into the picture, it's going to hurt both Vaughn and Jones, and it's not going to make McCoy all that valuable either. Dave, knowing what we know now, how excited are you about drafting Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn? How much did this McCoy thing change your thinking on the Bucks' backs? Uh, for me, I, I I still like Ronald Jones, and hopefully I get a discount now thanks to Shady McCoy coming in. I'm thinking he's going to drop a little bit. Uh, back to where he kind of was, because he had been moving up, moving up, moving on up, just like the Jeffersons. Yeah, right. So I think he um, drops down a little bit due to Shady McCoy, but I don't think he's going to have much of an impact. And you think Vaughn stays basically where he has been? This doesn't affect him as much as it affects Jones? I think he drops a bit as well, but I prefer I prefer Jones myself. So that's just my... Just because of the, veter- the veteran aspect of it. I think, you know, I think Jones is turning into a professional running back. He came in the NFL really young. He was underweight, didn't do well as a rookie. He's up to like, what, two and a quarter or something like that? We've been, yes, he's correct. He's working out, training hard. I think, uh, I think Ronald Jones, might have, he, he has a potential to have a really good year. All right, so as I look at it right now, I wanted to get these uh, the official numbers to you as far as where these players are going. Once again, shout-out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who does a great job 
formulating all this FFPC ADP for us over the last four days. He has a program that does it. He doesn't really do anything. In the Football Guys Players Championship, Ronald Jones, well, I spent all that time putting together pros versus Joes. Ronald Jones going at the 601 over the last four days. He has gone as high as the 504 did. He slipped as late as the 605. So, very tight window there for Ronald Jones. Keyshawn Vaughn, as we look at him, 906 is his ADP. Gone as early as the 803, slipped as late as the 1104. So you look at a guy like that, uh, certainly there, there is a much greater variability in his window. And I'm just looking at LaShawn McCoy here. 1608, Dave, he's been a 16th round pick. He's been picked in two drafts since he was signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as running back 68. If you own Ronald Jones and you don't want to take Keyshawn Vaughn to lock up that Bucks backfield, would you be looking at LaShawn McCoy in the 16th? Um, probably not as of this moment. No, probably not. I'd probably go something some other direction. I'm guessing. I mean, there's wide receivers I kind of like there. Even uh, you know, last last gasp tight ends possibly. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, you know, you're not getting uh, Dawson Knox there, but maybe you can get. Uh, probably maybe not Greg Olson, but you know, Will Disley. Disley. Da- Dawson Knox actually goes after LaShawn McCoy, so you could get Knox oh, there. Yeah, so yeah. I would take I would take Knox for sure. Um, like that. Whereas you know, there's tons of wide receivers in that spot where you can start going with defenses and kickers. David and Joku, CJ Uzuma, Kyle Rudolph, all going after. Uh, uh, LaShawn McCoy in drafts right now. So that's where we're at on that. All right, so let's talk about Damian Williams here. He opted out of the 2020 NFL season, according to the Chiefs on Twitter. Uh, the Brett Veach, who is the GM of Kansas City, says he supports Williams' decision. Uh, certainly that's, uh, you know, he put himself first and, and his family first making this decision, and he'll be ready to rejoin Kansas City in 2021. This is obviously the biggest player to opt out of the season so far, which I guess is good. In, in the sense that he was like a fifth or a sixth round pick. You haven't seen anybody right. you know opt out of the first couple of rounds. And since he did, no one else you know, no one else of note in the skill positions has opted out. And that deadline is I believe August third at midnight. I believe that's correct, yeah, August third. So, so that's coming Sunday up Sunday night. Sunday night. Uh Monday night, isn't it? Was, oh yeah, that's right. Today's the thirty first. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it'd be yeah, Monday, Monday night at midnight. Right, right um all right, so let's let's attack this one by one here. Clyde Edwards Alaire, Dave. Um as far as we look at his ADP right now, uh, 206 is, is where he's going on average. I've been going. He has gone as high as the 104. I've seen He's been going like in the first round now pretty much. Right. So now knowing what you know about the Football Guys Players Championship, the main event where he had been going before, does he hold some water for you in the late first or are you looking elsewhere? No, I mean, he makes sense. I mean, as, as, a, as a late first round pick, I mean... Yeah, I can see the argument if you if you believe in his skill set. You know, it, it, the thing is, everything is tailor made for him to have a great season with the, with the team, the offense, the way that Andy Reid uses backs. He generally doesn't like to use you know young backs as early, but I mean, they did invest that early pick in him. So I can see. I mean, people are taking him seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, that totally. You know, it's understandable. I get it. it. Makes sense. Odds that he finishes the season as a top ten running back, not odds, percentage chance. Is it higher than seventy? Um, if you, well, with injuries, I would say it's probably a, a little bit lower than 70 because of possible injuries. But I think if you, if you assume he plays 16 games, I think it's probably higher than 70. Okay. Quick, would you rather a Clyde Edwards Hilaire with you here, Dave? What? <laughs> right. You don't want to do it? No, that's fine. Okay. Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Kenyon Drake? 
Uh, I would take Edwards Hilaire given what's happened now. Okay. I think I would still take Drake. Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Joe Mixon? God, you know, that's such an interesting. I mean, Mixon's a veteran on yeah. an awful team. And, you know, Hilaire is the, the rookie on a fantastic on an awesome team. Super Bowl champs, yeah. Um, if I was in a national tournament, I might take Hilaire there, I think. I think you're right. Close league, I'm probably leaning towards Mixon, but if I'm playing in the FFPC main or the Football Guys Players Championship, I'm probably taking Edwards Alaire. All right, here's a fun little one. Clyde Edwards Alaire and Miles Sanders, Dave. Oh, man. You know what? <laughs> um, I don't even I'm know not, which way to go on this one. I'm not even sure. It's, I mean, it's like hype versus hype. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I'll take I'll take Sanders. I'm going to give the, the slight edge to him just because I, I feel like uh, um, I'm going to go with the less hyped guy right now. So now everybody's on CEH, so I'll take Miles Sanders. All right. Um, I think this is going to be the last one, depending upon how you answer it. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, or Derek Henry, the bruising running back out of Nashville. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I'll take Henry. I would, too. And, yeah, that'll be it. Because you're going to take Dalvin Cook over CEH, right? Yes. Me, too. All right. Fair enough. Moving on to the other Kansas City backs. Dave, who are you taking here as far as backs go now that you know Damian Williams is out? Are you interested in Darwin Thompson? Are you interested in DeAndre Washington? Are you interested in somebody else in Kansas City's backfield? Because none of these guys are going uber high right now. Uh, you know, I haven't even really looked up who supposedly is now the number two. So I'm not sure. I mean, I can't even tell you. I guess, um, you know, Darwin Thompson had all that hype, uh, but... Uh, I never ended up with him, and that was fine. I was fine with that. Washington's interesting. I mean, he's actually a pretty talented back, it seems like. And he, you know, so maybe him. Maybe him. Um, OurLads.com, I don't know the last time they updated this, but they do list Darwin Thompson as the backup. Darrell Williams is still there. I remember when he was a thing last year for about two or three weeks? DeAndre Washington, obviously, the free agent signing. And I didn't realize this. Elijah McGuire's on this team. Remember, Eli McGuire was like the, the sexy late-round pick for the Jets yeah. uh, and, and just never materialized there. Um, as far as FFPC drafters go, I can tell you that DeAndre Washington has gone as high as the 1405 Dave uh, over the last four days. Darwin Thompson has gone as high as the 1511. Uh, Daryl Williams, I don't think has been. Oh no, yes, he he's gone as early as the 1701. Actually, that's the only in the Football Guys Players Championship. He was only selected in one draft over the last four days, and he went up to 1701. And Elijah McGuire. Uh, has not been selected yet. So I think, uh, based on that, DeAndre Washington's probably the guy to own, but, I mean, who knows at this point? You know, it's if you want to take a stab on somebody, go ahead, but I don't really have any further knowledge on who that's going to be, quite frankly, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. I don't know if Kansas City knows who that guy is going to be yet either. They might still be trying to figure that out when their actual regular season starts. So this just makes Clyde Edwards a little all the more uh, attractive. Now, one of the things I've, I've noticed on Twitter, and you tell me if, if this changes your mind at all, um, plenty of people, and I think Darren Armani's actually put this out. Um, I'd have to check his Twitter to find out for sure. But there's plenty of people who took like McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, you know, Kamara within the first four picks, and then they ended up getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the fourth round. Um, does it, I've heard there's some. I don't know about plenty. Yeah, no, I, okay, by plenty, I mean like it's not like it's non-existent. I mean, that there's there, there are some out there. How prevalent it is, I don't know. Um, 
it, knowing that, are you still willing to take Edwards Hilaire in the late um, first and then you know try to cobble together guys after that, or are you better off trying to formulate uh, a different plan of attack in the first round? You know, I, I think I'd still be okay with it, even in a tournament, national tournament, where you're you, now you have to deal with you know some of the other stuff like a Barkley, because um, things. I mean, there's so much turnover, turmoil, injuries, COVID, whatever. Yeah, I mean, all sorts of stuff happens during the season. Wide receivers work out. I mean, as someone who takes McCaffrey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hilaire could have a good season, McCaffrey could have a good season, and that owner could still not make the playoffs for whatever reason. Right. They mismanage their team, their tight ends suck, quarterback, whatever, you know. So it doesn't mean that they're, like, locked into beating you necessarily. You're not in the same league. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, moving on to another guy who opted out. I think this is going to be a quicker discussion. Field Yates on Twitter reported that Devin Funches has indeed opted out oh, of, of the 2020 season. If you remember, Funches signed a one-year, $2.5 million contract with the Packers this offseason, but he's taking home uh, his, his whatever it is, 150000 or 350000 I don't know if he's an at-risk guy from the NFLPA. Uh, he was expected to start in 2020 with three receiver sets in Green Bay despite missing the 2019 season with a collarbone injury. Devontae Adams, Dave, this just increases his target share even more. My question for you is, how much do you like Alan Lazard, who had been a borderline undrafted player, but now is really the unquestioned number two receiver in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers was this really? season? I thought he's got to be drafted. He's been drafted. Well, I'd say he was borderline because he wasn't picked everywhere. I'll tell you this right now, Alan Lazard, uh, maybe he was picked everywhere. 1407 is wide receiver 62. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, um, so now does he move up to the 12th, I guess, is the question. He has gone as early as the 12-11 since this news came out. So he has gotten up there. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I am I am not very excited about any Packers receiver not named Devontae Adams. You know, I, I guess I, I have some interest in Lazard. I don't think MVS is anything. I agree. And then the rest of those guys, I mean, you know. Kumo, terrible. Reggie Begleton. Yeah, Romania, St. Brown's yeah. terrible. You know, it's like, yeah, forget it. Um, for me, I just look at this as a low-volume passing offense. Um, the Packers really have put a um, a premium on tight ends with DeGuara and then Jay Sternberger the previous year. They have loaded up on running backs. I question how much, how many targets are out there for receivers that are not Devontae Adams. And for me, I look at other guys that are going after Alan Lazard, Dave, even after this. Michael Pittman, to me, is more interesting than, than uh, Lazard. Hunter, Lazard over Hunter Renfro, I would rather, okay. Hunter Renfro, I would rather have than Lazard. I'd probably have rather have Lazard. Randall Cobb, I'd rather have than Lazard. I'll take Lazard. You take Lazard over Randall Cobb? Yes, Randall Cobb is dog shit. He's been dog shit for five years straight now. This tells you what I think about Alan Lazard. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I guess not. Alan Lazard or Steven Sims? Lazard. Maybe Alan Lazard or Larry Fitzgerald? is interesting. I don't know. Maybe. Alan Lazard or Larry Fitzgerald? Lazard. Lazard or Gundel Mims? Lazard. Lazard or Mohamed Sanu? Okay, I think I'm saying the same stuff. I mean, you keep going down. I'm going to go the other way now. I'm going to go the other way. Lazard or Brandon Ayuk? Um, that's no, that's it's. Um, I'll take Ayuk there. Lazard or Brashad Perriman? Uh, oh, that's weird that Perriman and Mims are separated that much. Hmm. God, it's like four rounds. Uh, I'll take Perriman. Lazard or Nikhil Harry? Um, that was pretty close too. But I mean, Harry, I think has some upside. But I might take Lazard there. You like Watkins over Lazard, right? Yeah, Watkins. Me yeah. too. Lazard over, or, excuse me, Lazard or Justin Jefferson? Lazard. 
I I actually agree on that one. <laughs> Lazard or Curtis Samuel? Lazard. Lazard or Deshaun Jackson? Uh, I'm going to take D-Jax. I'm going to take D-Jax as well. I'm trying to think of that Samuel one. You said Lazard, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, Samuel. I don't know. You probably don't follow this as much as I do. Samuel seems to be mentioned in every trade rumor right now. Really? Like, as, like potentially to the Packers, by the way. Oh. Um, after the Funchess thing. I'm going to lean towards Lazard. I just, you know, I, I, I host a couple other shows here on local radio in Northeast Wisconsin, and my co-host for both of those shows, he is a big-time Alan Lazard fan, and he thinks that there's really something there. I, I just look at it from the stand, standpoint of um, he's not very fast. He doesn't particularly run great routes. He's not a pedigreed guy. To me, the one thing that he did well, well, two things that he does well. One, Rodgers likes him, which is huge. And two, when Rodgers threw to him last year, he actually did make a handful of pretty good plays. So I guess there's something for that. I'm, I'm just, I'm tempering my enthusiasm. But he went to Iowa State, right? He's Iowa State. He put up big-time numbers at Iowa State. Yeah, I think he's actually got some talent. I really do. I'll say this for Lazard. He's going in the 14th round. He's probably going to be getting into the 11th or 12th round. There are a lot worse ways that you can spend an 11th or 12th round pick than Alan Lazard right now. So he had 35 catches for 477 yards and three touchdowns last year. That and he didn't play all season. That was that was the whole season. Second season in the NFL. But how many games did he play? He didn't, I mean. Uh, I'm looking right now. I'm oh, okay. I just remember him being. 13? He's, yeah. Um, wait. And. He only started three, though, technically. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think he was a thing until, remember, Devontae Adams had that injury that knocked him out for four games. And that's when Lazard got called up, and he actually started making plays. You know, unlike Jake Kumro, who the Packers coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers say is, is so great, they sing his praises all the time, and then he doesn't get any targets or any action, Lazard actually gets out on the field and he gets targets. Yeah, the first five weeks, he had no catches. So he, he had, like, almost no playing time. I don't know what his snap count was, uh, but it was obviously – well, actually, his snap count did not – he had 14 snaps in week four and zero, you know, zero in week one, one in week – you know, so, like, almost none in the first five weeks, really. And then even – this is interesting. In week six, he had only 17 snaps, but he caught four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. And then after that, his snaps were still pretty limited, 49, 45, 25, 30 – He's been a part-time player, actually. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Um, I would say he averaged maybe 60% of snap count. Okay. So if he plays like 80%, 90% of snaps, not now which you should as the number two receiver, right? Yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's interesting. All right. So maybe I'll, I'll have to reevaluate um, my, my thoughts on Alan Lazar, but I, I have not been very excited about him thus far. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice. I mean, the thing is, he, had, he does have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, or Jordan Rodgers, I'm just kidding. But, I mean... I think Rodgers, he's still got plenty of gas left in his hand. I, agree. I really do think so. Uh, I'll say this in Lazard's defense, too, and this is something that I've been trumpeting to anybody who wants to listen. The Packers finished at 13-3 and last year, Dave. I think they were closer to a 9-7 and or a 10-6 and type team, and I do think that there, that there will be a regression this year. Um, they actually might be a better team this year than they were last year, but I think they don't have as many wins. Uh, and if they're not going to have as many wins, it means they're not going to hold as many leads, which means the Packers are going to be throwing more in the third and fourth quarter instead of riding Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams like they were in the second half of many games last season. Uh, that will probably mean more targets for Adams, Lazard, and the rest of the pass catchers there. So there's something to be said for that as well.
Good point. Moving on to a different receiver, actually the uh, receiver that played against the Packers in the NFC Championship, Debo Samuel. John Lynch, who is the GM of the 49ers, said it was, quote, fair to say that Samuel might miss time in the regular season. Matt Burrows had this tweet on, well, Twitter. Samuel was placed on the active pup list uh, this past Tuesday. Um, now, okay, the regular, the reserve pup list, which is what happens at the start of the season, um, is a possibility. If he's placed on that, boom, six games, he's done. Now, Rotor World, who we're getting this report from, says that that probably won't happen. I am not convinced that that probably won't happen. I think it's a very real possibility. Um, if that is, okay, even if it's not the case, Dave, say he doesn't get placed on the pup list, he still could miss three games, maybe four games, maybe more, I'm not sure. How realistic is it for you to take Debo Samuel if you were drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship in the ninth round as wide receiver 39 right now, knowing that you could get Darius Slayton, C.D. Lamb, Jamison Crowder after him? Yeah, I think that is pretty early considering that, you know, that there's a, there's a chance he, it, it could last nine games. You know, I mean, it could last a long time. We just don't really know. We're looking at a minimum of three to four games into the season, and I, so I think I'd probably – he, you know, he was, what was he going before? He was going like in the sixth round? Yeah, something like six, that. Yep. It's not quite enough of a discount for me. I, I just think at it from the stand, I brought this up on the show before. You're playing in the FPC, the main event. you got to get off to a good start. And if this guy, if you're investing a ninth-round pick into a dude who might not play four, five, six, or as Dave just pointed out, maybe even nine games where he misses almost the entire regular season for you in your fantasy football league, that's not going to cut the mustard. Uh, you need to find somewhere else uh, to go rather than uh, Debo Samuel. And I mentioned a few names that, that are going after him that I like better. Dave's guy, Jerry Judy, is going after him. I think Emmanuel Sanders in New Orleans is interesting. You could be talking about the number one receiver in Las Vegas and Henry Ruggs, and he's going after him. And then you have a glut of interesting players here, Dave, in the 11th round going after Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Anthony Miller, Sterling Shepard, and Preston Williams. And don't forget about John Brown. They are all going after him. I think there's better ways to spend uh, a ninth-round pick than Debo Samuel right now. And I liked him before the injury. His, his value has not come down as far as I would like to see it going forward. All right, let's move on here. And and I and, and again, I apologize. We can't get Scott Kobe on this week. He'll be on in a future broadcast. Hey, Eric, why don't you tell me, uh, what is it that you do for a living? Yeah, well, I don't really <laughs> want to get into that on the air because nobody cares about it. I feel like... Well, I, I feel how can you have a show without asking that same damn question every yeah. time? Well, I mean, we, we, we like to, you know, know the players that are playing in the FFP. work for so. Vandal Industries, a national conglomerate. Yeah, I sell latex. What's, what was in Breaking Bad? What was the name of that uh, overseas... Uh, uh, oh God, um, Madrigal. Yeah, Madrigal. Yeah, Madrigal. Yeah, we make food products. Yeah, as, well as uh, I, industrial I, cleaning. I taste test chicken nugget dunking sauces. <laughs> That's what I do there. All right, so a great episode. Yeah, so so let's let's get into this. Um, I'm gonna throw some questions at you that we normally ask our guests. Uh, guests. And I'm not sure if I've asked you this this I don't season. Have any prep time, like you're. Like, don't worry about. It. Don't worry about the prep time because you can think of this off the cuff. Um, I, I I feel like I've asked you this before, but this is probably a question that needs to be asked. You know, once a season or once every other season. Top four tight ends going in, in football guys right now: Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz. Would it be very important for you in a tight end premium league to get one of those four guys in your squad, or are you comfortable letting other people take them, loading up on backs and receivers, and then 
getting a couple of tight ends later that could fill the void. Uh, football guys, you said? Yeah, to any tight end premium. Let's say oh, football guys for a national contest. Okay, um, God, I hate to say I'm looking for value at all times. I'd probably would not take Kelsey in the first. I, I would, I would con, I'd consider Ertz in the fourth if Ertz fell that far. Yeah. I think he's fairly – he kind of gets cheap. Kittle, I think, also is, is, uh, is not cheap. He's expensive. He's a you know, late first, early yep. second round type. Usually player. late first. And then, after the Samuel injury, ironically enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that those are, those are fine picks. So you have um, the top four again: uh, Ertz, Kelsey, and, Kelsey and, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz. Yeah, I, you know, I would, if Andrews fell past his ADP, and I didn't like anybody else there, I maybe would look at him possibly. But I'm guessing he usually doesn't fall much. He's he, people like him a lot. Over the last four days, the latest he's gone has been three oh seven in in the football guys players championship, which is basically four picks past his normal ADP. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm I'm letting him go, and I'm, I'm I would consider Ertz if he fell because he does fall occasionally mid 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 fourth sometimes. Yeah, mid fourth. I would see. I would definitely if he's in the fourth round. I'm taking Ertz. Uh, then uh, Hunter Henry, I kind of like. I think he's interesting. Hurst, uh, I think I like like him yep. a bit. Um, what about Higby? He's been pretty polarizing. Staying away. I'm probably going to stay away from Higby unless, again, he fell way past his ADP, like 16 picks, 18 picks past his ADP. You know, it's interesting you say he that. Does. Occasionally, his ADP is 609. He's actually gone into the eighth round over right. the last four days. Yeah, so, so that does happen. In the eighth, I, then I'd be like, all right, well, screw it. None of these guys, these guys are all on the Higby Twitter hate, hate train, so I'm, I'm going to take Some people are on the Higby Twitter love train. I know, too. exactly. So that's fine. So, I mean, it, especially if I'm doing multiple teams, if I have a lot of teams, if it's my only team, then I have to actually say, well, all right. You have to, I have to actually take a stand. But for me, I'm looking at the value there. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me let me just make this inference. Is Tyler Higby the Donald Trump of tight ends? Where you, <laughs> you can't take a middle middling approach to him? It, 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 it's always binary. Yeah. Either you absolutely, he's the greatest thing ever, or he is the absolute worst thing ever. Yeah, you know, Bryce, our, our buddy, uh, you know, an audio, audio engineer, engineer and best friend. Bryce. We call him binary Bryce, because he either loves it or hates it. So. Can, cannot have a middling take on anything. It's like social media, where everything goes on there, and everybody feels like they have to have not only an opinion on everything, but a strong opinion on everything. Yep, exactly. By the way, uh, Bryce is coming to Vegas. Uh, he will be at the live events. So uh, anyone except for uh, Donnie T is welcome to hang out <laughs> and spend as much time with Bryce. All right. No, Donnie T is No offense, Donnie T. You just you know, don't get in a fight or anything. Um, yeah, he'll be out there. That'll be exciting. Um, I did, the one tight end I don't think we brought up in this whole discussion was Darren Waller, who is – it's weird because you have the top four, then you have a little bit of a weight, then it's Waller, then a little bit of a weight, and then you have the next tier. So Waller's sort of on his own tier. Yeah, he is. I, I, I like Waller. Um, and he like if he fell a bit into that other tier, I would I would consider taking him too. So you don't have so it's it's I guess for you it's all about value when it comes to those tight ends. If you're not getting one, you don't mind not. You don't. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. You don't mind not getting value on the top four. Like you're fine taking. I don't mind not taking the top four. Is what I. Oh, you don't mind taking the top four. The thing is, my my. Position overall on tight end and FFPC is it's really important, and my my strategy would be fluid, and then it just depends upon how the draft is going. If all of a sudden tight ends are getting pounded, and then Hunter Henry is available at ADP, I'm taking him at that point because it's you know what I mean. Because like let's so say is Henry like okay so I mean, just we, as an example, but we rattled off like eight or nine tight ends, and I'm trying to think of who you liked uh, out of those. I like Ertz, I like Henry, I like Hurst. Who would you take at ADP? Hurst, Henry. Uh, I, I would probably not. 
I know I'm getting into the minutia here, but yes, you are. <laughs> well, I, the people want to know what the Dizzle thinks. I, I think um, I would take. I, I want to take none of them at ADP. That's the point. You see, you know, you don't, we're going to do value in all of them. That's fine. That's a suitable answer. Not that it's all about not that it's all about ADP because it's definitely not. But I mean, I think I, I like. I think they're all going to have fine seasons. The ones that I kind of like. When when do you start looking for a second tight end? Does it does it does it matter when you take the first one? Like, is it, yeah. if, you, if you take a top four, are you going to be waiting to like tenth or eleventh round to take a second one? For sure, at the very least. I mean, okay. if, you take a, if I take a top four, I may wait, wait even later. But right. I mean, if I take someone that's, let's say I take Hurst or like Austin Hooper, who let's say is 12th or 13th yeah. or something like that, I'd probably be looking to grab my second one pretty quickly after that. Okay. Right. And almost like quarterbacks, right? Like if you grab an early quarterback, well, you don't need to take another one for a while. But if you take, like, let's say Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking Wentz and Ryan then at that point, you know, and just going back to back. One of the well, bless- that's more of a basketball strategy. No, I get it. That's yeah. fine. One of the blessings of a of a program like this tonight, Dave, when we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants, is we actually get the emails. And I don't know when's the last time we've answered more than one email on this show, but it's been a couple of months, so I'm excited to get to these tonight. Let's kick things off with Daryl in Houston. What's up, Bob and Dan? Does your evaluation of Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, or any Dolphins change whether Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua Tungabailoa is in at quarterback? That's Daryl in Houston. Um, for me, Dave, I don't think it does. I'm just trying to, I mean, like, I guess if Tungabailoa is in at quarterback, I like these guys more, but it's not like Fitzpatrick is killing the value of any Dolphins pass catcher, to me. I mean, Fitzpatrick is produced, so I, mean, I think it's fine. In fact, it's possible that Tua could be worse. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think the the rookie quarterback theorem is in play with Tungavailoa zeroing in on one pass catcher as a safety blanket? And do you think that'd be Gasicki? I think the odds would say to favor that. Although you know, Preston Williams is a possible person that he zeroes in on because Preston Williams is a pretty big target, not afraid to go over the middle, and super talented. Uh, as you were kind of semi-aware, I think Devontae Parker is overrated, and I think his I agree. current ADP is too high. I think Preston Williams is the, play, is the place you want to be. Well, you know, I've been hearing a lot of analysts over the last few weeks talking up Devontae Parker and saying people who aren't selecting him, they're sleeping on him, and they're going to regret not picking him. I don't think I'm going to regret not picking Devontae Parker this year, who's going in the mid-six. Now, granted, Preston Williams is coming off the ACL injury, Dave. He's at the 11-12 turn at wide receiver 51. I mean, I like Anthony Miller at that spot. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I like DJX after that. But Preston Williams, in fact, I think I've taken him in that spot a couple of times already this year. I like it. I, I think, you know, I think it's, and this might be hot take-ish, but I think it's a little presumptive to automatically assume Devontae Parker is going to be the number one receiver on the Dolphins this year. Um, he might be, but I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily betting on it right now. You know, I, I, I'm trying to pull up the game logs, but I mean, um, I can pull them up. You know, I'm, I'm pulling up like the first eight weeks. You know, Devontae Parker was he was he was actually doing all right. He wasn't he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Although he did have a zero week two against New England, and they lost forty three to zero. Yeah, <laughs> crap, that's not good. I, 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 I got Preston Williams up in front of me. Yeah, so I mean, Preston Williams was kind of crushing it. How long, when do you play until week eight, line? Uh, week nine. He the bye week was week five. Now he's not. He was not crushing it as much as I thought he was. 
But as far as his receptions go a game, Dave, 3-4-4-4, which, I, I, you know, it's not setting okay, the so this is Okay, this but, is but that's, that, that's essentially, all right, we got 32 catches over eight weeks. So that's about four and a half catches a week. We extrapolate that out to a 16-game uh, season, and all of a sudden you're looking at an 80-catch season, right? Well, let me just read off Devontae Parker the first okay. half. Go ahead. Eight weeks or nine weeks? First up to week nine was, was Preston Williams last week, which, by the way, five for 72 and two touchdowns. All right, so three, zero, three, four, three, five, six, four, five. Which one's the better receiver? Well, about, they're about the same. He was coming on later, but... I mean, the, yeah, I mean... Five, six, four, five. Well, we look at Preston Williams. Two, six, four, five were his last. They're four. about the same. They're they're kind of close. Very close. So your 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 thought process here is why am I paying six more rounds of a premium for Devontae Parker when I can ostensibly get similar production? Preston Williams six rounds late. Well, on top of that, on top of that, Preston Williams. This was his rookie season, and he was pretty productive. Devontae Parker. This is what that was his what fourth, fifth season, whatever the hell season it was. Yeah. And it took him that long to get to be that good. And, you know, there was there was a lot of hype about Preston Williams. I mean, the, that corner Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, he was saying he's going to be a fantastic player, yeah. and he's playing you know defense against him in practice. So let me throw a few more stats at you here, Dave. I'm going to throw. I'm going to name this, but I'm going to throw it out. Eight yards. Okay, eight. Okay, All right. throwing it out the window. Listen to these other numbers: fifteen point eight, seventeen, eleven and a half. 15 and a half, 13.7, 10 and a half, 14.4. Those were Preston Williams's yards per catch in all the games this season. He only had eight yards per catch in the first game. The rest of them, all 11, excuse me, 10 and a half or higher. So I think there is something there as well. Three touchdowns on the season too. I, I, it, am I wrong here? So no, actually, I'm going to give Devontae Parker. I have to, I'm going to make, I'm going to play the, uh, the, the, the steel man argument for Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker did average 16.7 yards, 16.69 yards per catch all season long. That's pretty impressive. That's I mean, really impressive. It is yeah. impressive. So, all right, he had 72 for 12.02 and nine touchdowns. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good season. I mean, so, okay, not to bring this back to Preston Williams, Dave, but if you do extrapolate what he did over the over the eight weeks he played last year. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, so it's eight weeks. So you double. Okay, so not an 80-catch season. I misspoke before. But that's 64 catches with that type of average. Uh, and then you're looking at six touchdowns if he plays. And that's, his, again, like you said, his rookie year. You would think right. that there would be some steps forward there. So And you do have to discount Parker's last seven or eight games because he didn't have Williams to go against. That's so true. All good points. All right, so moving on. My God, a lot of Dolphins talk We belabored that a lot. Keith in Mound Ridge, Kansas. Would you guys be willing to roll the dice on Joe Burrow over Baker Mayfield in FPC drafts this season? Thanks so much, gentlemen. Thank you for the email. Keith in Mound Ridge, Kansas. Dave, Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield. National contest? Would you rather have the number one pick this past year or the number one pick two years ago? It's it's so funny because, um, you know, last year heading into the year, you'd be like, oh, Mayfield for sure. But last year heading into the year, you'd be like, who the hell is Joe Burrow? <laughs> yeah. So, so first of all, you'd have sure church that you would have taken Mayfield for sure last year. Yeah. Um, By the way, they're going back to back right now in the fifth, late 15th as, yeah. as quarterback 16 and 17. 
I think uh, <laughs> I think I'm going Mayfield. I guess. I mean, it's it's actually it is pretty close though. I'm going to take Burrow, and here's why. Um, if I am taking the 16th or 17th quarterback off the board, my guess is I already have a quarterback, and knowing how I weighed on quarterbacks, it was probably quarterback 12, quarterback 13, and I'm probably taking um, a high upside backup. Now, Mayfield does have, obviously, upside. You think about the weapons around him. But I just look at what Cincinnati's building. I, I think we're discounting the, the injuries that they had last year. They basically got a free extra first-round pick this year with the return of Jonah Williams on that offensive line. Um, and, and, and I think Joe Burrow, more so than a lot of other rookie quarterbacks, is not only set up to succeed with the weapons around him, he's set up to put big numbers because there's not going to be a lot of expectations on him in year one given that it is the Bengals given that their defense is nothing to write home about. And I think he's going to put up a lot of big numbers similar to how he did at LSU. Now, that's not to rip on Baker Mayfield at all. I just I have some non-mystery box um, experience with Baker Mayfield, and I have the, I have the mystery box-itis with Joe Burrow. So I'm probably just throwing caution to the wind with my backup quarterback there. Now, this remain, may remain moot for you, Dave, as I tell you the one quarterback that is being taken ahead, literally right ahead of Mayfield and Burrow in Football Guys Players Championship drafts, a guy who apparently has looked, quote, unbelievable, according to Mike Lombardi, uh, from people he's talked to within the organization. Can you guess who that quarterback is that's going right ahead of Mayfield and Burrow, Dave? Cam? Cam Newton. Yes, really? Yes. <laughs> and he's looked unbelievable. And I Cam, th- baby! If it gets to that spot, off, if you're listening... Yeah, there's no way he's a Lamar, this year's Lamar Jackson, Dave. There's no way. But if you wait on quarterback and you're looking for upside and you can find a former league MVP playing for Bill Belichick, who has looked unbelievable, quote, unbelievable from trusted sources. Belichick looks? No, Cam Newton. I'm sure Belichick looks unbelievable. When do you think Belichick hangs it up? What? When do you think he hangs it up? When do you think he says enough is enough and I'm done? How old is he? Late 60s? He's not late 60s. I bet he is. Early early 60s. Are you looking it up or am I? Uh, We both are. Let's raise. (laughs) All right. Bill Belichick is, was born. 68. You're right. Damn. All right. So anyway, (laughs) when do you think he hangs it up? Uh, I, you know, he, that's just, this is his life, man. This is what he loves to do. Yeah, I know. And and I, 10 years. You could be right on that. Um, it's besides the point. In any event, the, the, what I want to get through here, if it comes down to quarterbacks at that point, Dave, Newton, uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, I had a Mayfield and Burrow at that point. I do agree. I, right. love, I love Cam. All right, John and Murphy, North Carolina writes, I haven't heard you guys talk much about DJ Chark or Tyler Lockett yet this summer. Who do you like better? Thank you for the email. John Ian Murphy North Carolina. When's the last time you were at in Murphy, North Carolina, Dave? Uh, never. Never been there. Got great craft beer there. Yeah? I don't know, but I'm just assuming. <laughs> I'm sure By the way, there have a few microbreweries that you can put into your app. Yeah. Okay, listen to this. So I was, um, I had to do my local show today, and my co-host, it was a fill-in co-host, he said, hey, Balky. Who was it? Uh, Twitter was Alex Thomas, a.k.a. Senior Tequila. <laughs> Um, yeah. I love it. So he said, did you watch the NBA restart last night? Because it was the 
um, first day of the NBA. And you're like, no, I have a wife. And I said, you know, we've been without the NBA for four months. We've been basically without live sports for forever. So I did what any red-blooded American male would do last night. I went grocery shopping with my wife. <laughs> so And I did. Um, you got the what, cottage cheese. No, 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 no. The almonds. She did that. Oh. I was in the liquor department while she was there, and I wanted to check out what, because this is a store I, I don't normally go to, and I want to see what they had for beer. There you go. Um, Woodman's. Oh, yeah. The other side of town. <laughs> and um, first of all, the liquor department is staggering. I, I was. Woodman's is, and if people don't know Woodman's, it's this employee owned, weird co op type right. place. But it is massive. It's like, okay, if you had, if your normal grocery store has 10 types of ketchup, they have 36. I mean, yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's, it, it, it's great. And then they have like, you know, ketchup horseradish combinations and stuff. They have like just weird crap you never find anywhere else. So I'm sure this was nuts for you. Yeah. So I went to the liquor store and, and I was I was just looking at the beer. That's all I was interested in. And they had a lot of different selections. But then I got, to, I was trying to find the, the mix of six pack, which is always my go-to. Well, can you explain your, your, your obsessive compulsiveness with your beer app? Yeah, I mean, I'm on a, anybody who's familiar with it, Untapped. It's it's a social media beer app where you can check in and earn different badges and promotions by checking in certain beers at certain times. Or How many different beers have you had? Uh, look it up right now. Now, remember, I, 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 my, my over-under is, uh, is 987. It's, it's higher than that. Oh, my God. Um, you had over not, over 1,000 different beers? Yeah, and this is, I've only been on this app, for, I haven't even been on this app for two full years. Um, I've been on here for probably about a year and a half. Oh, my God. So right now, my stats, Dave, as I look it up here, I have checked in 1,737 different beers. <laughs> 2,648 check-ins overall. That is amazing. Now, I mean, really, I mean, it's truly really uh, impressive. So here's the way. I'm depressive. I'm here's here's depressive. the way I, I cheat. When I go to breweries or different places that specialize in beer, if they have flights, Mm-hmm. I'll get a flight. That's fine. A yeah, four or six, and then I count each of those as a check. But those are different beers. Those are different. Those are different beers. That, that yeah. totally make. I, I think that's not cheating. All right. So the other way I cheat, <laughs> these breweries will come out with the same beer but different years, and Untapped will log those as different beers. All right. Well, that's a little bit of you know you're kind of staggering stacking right. whatever. That's it's okay. I right. mean, it is a different you know. Whatever some of them truly, really are. They, they taste, taste differently. Right, yeah, they the taste differently. Yeah, harvest or whatever the hell you call. Well, it. I mean, you, you, I mean, you're brewing it in a different year, so it's a different batch. You would, think, you would think that the the hops are going to be slightly different. Yeah, you know, the barley is going to be slightly it's a different, different batch. Right. Anyway. Anyway. So I'm, I go to the mix of six, and there's good stuff there. Then I stumble upon the discount ones, <laughs> the ones they were overstocked on. Which is probably a lot, knowing Woodman's. And for me, you know, I love good beer, but I just love craft beer in general. So but even Woodman loves cheap, cheap beer better. Well, here's the thing: what a lot of people would say is bad beer. If if it's probably good. I, well, I wouldn't say it's good, but I still like to. I, I still enjoy it. Right, right. I there's not a. I've had some bad beer, but it's very little. So I'm seeing all these discounted beers, like a, a 12 ounce craft beer that would normally be five or six dollars, buck ninety nine. I, I'm oh, seeing nice. a 16-ounce tall boy that you would normally pay 7 or $8 for, two ninety nine. The thing is, a beer can be good. It's just a matter of if they have too much of it that hasn't sold. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, you right. know, it's fine. Go ahead. So, so anyway, um, 
I was looking for a, a six pack carrier, you know, so I can fill up a six pack. You need like like four. Could hold on, couldn't find any. So I went up to the clerk. I said, "Hey, do you have any of the mix of six pack?" Oh no, we, we don't have any of those. We we ran out. <laughs> well, okay, well, what do I do? She said, "I just bring them all up." Couldn't one by hold, one. Couldn't hold them in my hands. I had to go get a shopping cart. Yes. And I already had a six pack of of germ, this German beer I wanted to try uh, that they didn't sell individually, and and um, so I. I put that in my cart, about 16 loose cans of beer. <laughs> That's great. And along with what I received with the beer, along with receiving a receipt, I got a lot of long looks from the people behind me in the That's checkout. That's hilarious. So yeah. they had each one, did they have to bag each one in like a paper no. bag? I mean, it's no. got to be. You know, all they, they, them, right? they put them in the paper, in a pa- they put them all in a paper bag. Right, so each one is individually put out. No. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, they put each one individually in the bag, but there was no protection or any case or anything that they put that in it. And I'll tell you something. It was, I was, it, it's so great. This is a great Because I went home and I put them in my fridge and I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm not going to drink 16 craft beers in one sitting, but the, to know I have access to that in my fridge and they're all cold, all stuff I've never had before, all stuff I'm excited to try. Yeah. That is a special kind of feeling. It's like future adventure. Good for you. Future adventure. That's, That's a great way of, great way of putting it. So I, I'm very excited. Anyway. Like, oh, I'm going to have this, you know, maple wheat crap from wherever the hell it is. Yeah, you know, what's funny is the majority of them were IPAs. I, I, there's a couple of coffee stouts in oh, there. Oh, hates pi- the IPAs. Pi- pi- yeah, I mean, at Two-Packer can... He's... I get it. Now, Two-Packer, I think, likes those those darker porters and stouts, which those are probably my favorite. A coffee... Like a... Like, uh, um, Just for our audience so they know, I, I drink wine, I don't drink beer. A anyway. coffee stout with brewed with chili flakes and a little bit of dark chocolate to well, me, that is... That's uh, got to be good. Heaven in a bottle. Yeah. It's, that is perfect for Spicy, me. Spicy, tasty, yeah. Good. Um, our, our good buddy Jim Cole, um, who we see in Kentucky and, and Vegas every year, um, he brings he brews his own beer, and he, he usually brings some to Kentucky, and I love to try it. He makes really good beer. Does he? Yeah, and, and he's in the... Uh, the, the last name Cole, he, that's like a good brand name. Cole Porter. He, Cole, no, Cole Stout. Yeah, no. He has his own brand name, and I can't remember what it's called. I... I Ah, damn it! I'm a, this is really going to irritate me. Um, but he has his own he has his own brand name. I've actually logged him in on Untapped, so I can check to see what's there. <laughs> um, it's not the point. The point is Chark versus Lockett. We <laughs> haven't talked about either one of these guys a whole lot this year, Dave. They're basically going very very close in in football guys drafts right now. DJ Chark five hundred four, Tyler Lockett five hundred five, wide receiver twenty one, wide receiver twenty two. If you can only pick one. Who are you picking this year between those two receivers? Uh, you know, normally I'd love to go with the Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, I think he's a fantastic quarterback, but I'm going to take Chark. I think he's just a more talented player. Uh, he has a little more upside, too. I mean, because this is his third season, and he had a really great sophomore year. Uh, so I'll take Chark. And I, I, again, I, oddly enough, I think there might be more volume uh, for Chark, more targets than with Lockett. All right. So I agree with some of what you said. <laughs> I do agree it's Chark over Lockett, and I, I'm going to do the, the KISS method here. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. Chark is the number one target for Jacksonville. Tyler Lockett is not the number one target for Seattle. He's either 1A or 1B. Probably he is not the number one. But yeah, he's 1B, I think, is a good way of describing it. I, I still think Lockett might be the more talented of the two, but I just look at Seattle and what they're going to be doing this year and where they are at as a team. And then I look at Jacksonville and what they're going to be doing this year and where they're at as a team. 
and one of those teams screams playing from behind, throwing the ball a lot in the second half. The other one screams Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, you know, every single game in the second half. And so for these, now you could make a case for maybe I get Chark and then I get Lockett later. The fact that they're going back to back, I just think Chark represents the, the bigger boom, the bigger upside, the bigger ceiling. So I am going to go with Chark over Lockett. And it's one of those things too, Dave, where, you know, oftentimes I've said on this show, well, you know, sometimes I'll take Chark, sometimes I'll take Lockett. When it gets to be that point in the draft, um, I, I want to even it out a little bit. And and I'll, I'll if I took Chark last draft, I'll take Lockett this draft. No, I'm taking Chark every time. And it's not much of a decision for there me. You cool. All right, moving on. I want to get to one last email tonight. Sound good? And we'll wrap it. Sure. Uh, Mike in Yukon, Oklahoma. Dear Marion and Amon. Between that supposed to mean? Um... I don't know, Marion and Amon. Between two of oh, I I know what it is. Between two of the big overachievers in fantasy last year, who are you willing to put stock into? Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, or neither? Thanks so much, Mike in Yukon, Oklahoma. Do you notice this? Chargers running back, Packers running back. Marion Butts, Amon Green. Ah, that's what it is. Yeah. So Eckler and Aaron Jones. Do you like either of these? Uh, and don't answer this yet. Um, as my I website answered. fails me. Okay, go ahead. Um, I do like Aaron Jones. Um, I, I think that I, I, th- 